Hello, everybody out there. How are you feeling today? I hope you're okay. As much as that is possible right now. We're all in different but equally weird situations, I assume. Our daily lives have dramatically changed over the past few weeks, and they are changing more or less every day again. I still haven't exactly figured out what this will all mean for Helium Cowboy and our artists and also my own art and, well, basically everything I'm doing. For example, I have not written one damn page for my book in three weeks now. That kind of got stuck between everything else for now. It seems like there's always so much more to do than before life came to a halt and it is difficult to get a grip on it all. Besides the private issues as a family like, say, keeping the cabin fever out or have you ever tried homeschooling your kids and so on, I'm currently putting together a new semi-virtual exhibition with Melvin. Well, in all honesty, he's doing most of the work on that one. We're also moving everything to a new database and better online portfolios so that we can get the work of the artists that trust us and need us more than ever now out into the world. I'd be lying if I would say that Helium Cowboy is safe. Like most other galleries, we are facing dark times. But this shit will be over and we have to make sure to keep our community afloat and safe and optimistic until then. I'm also creating new work myself for upcoming exhibitions that no one really knows if and how they will be presented at all. From an artist's perspective, it doesn't really worry me a lot, because if you look around, many people are currently exploring new ways of doing shows and virtual exhibitions and workshops, etc. Some of this will remain experimental, but a lot of it will help, I'm sure. And there are a lot of new podcasts now that is also thriving and a good opportunity to stay connected. With this series of special editions of my own podcast, Helium Talk, I'm trying to find out how the art community around the world is doing. So I'm checking in with artists, gallerists, collectors, journalists and so on to hear how they are dealing with being locked down and what their ideas are to make the best of this. This is already the sixth special I recorded and I spoke with Evan Prico, the editor-in-chief of Juxtapose magazine. So, so where where do I find you now? Where are you locked up? Um, I live uh, just right outside of uh, San Francisco in a town called Sausalito, right over the Golden okay. Gate Bridge. Um, we are on week three of shelter in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has, you know, people have been following the rules, I would say. Um, it's been, you know, at first... I, I thought that there was going to be this, you know, I was feeling very creative and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to be sheltered in place. This is, this is the time to catch up on so much stuff. And then, um, you start realizing you kind of get yourself busy just to block out the anxiety of what's going on. Right. So, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like I've spent the last couple of weeks just kind of trying to tread water, uh, without trying to, you know, without having to look at the news so much or without, um, you know, maybe freaking out a little bit, um, as the world seems to be, uh, uh, going through something. I don't know. You know, it's like, I don't want to deny what's happening. Right. Because I, mm-hmm. I, I'm a really firm believer in that you should really, imp- you should take, take notice and take time and take, uh, you know, give yourself a breath to actually take in the moment. You know, this is a historic moment. This is such a global historic moment. Um, but also I find myself sort of trying to, uh, I don't know, ignore it a little bit too. So I don't have a breakdown or something. 
Yeah, I mean, there's 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 always the the two sides to it, you know, because it's um, I mean we're 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 kind of forced to um to be creative and stay creative. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I I like, I mean, I'm uh, I I I'm not just an artist, but I also run an, an, a gallery space in Hamburg. Where mm -hmm. Now my son is more or less running it these days, but. Um, but you know, so there's this business aspect, and you get super. I mean, the thing with me is the first thing is I think not just me getting creative, but how can I? What can I do now? What can? What's the next project? How yeah. can we? How can we tackle this? Yeah. But then, of course, there's always these these moments where you think, "What the fuck's happening?" You know, I mean, it's yeah. Not real, you know? so. Do Do you find at all? Because I'm I'm finding it too. I there's it almost got to a point, and especially like this week, I noticed like there's almost too much content right now. <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Well, so they're doing virtual tours and they're doing a podcast now mm -hmm. and they're doing Instagram live. We're doing all that too. Juxtapose. Okay. Uh, I, I feel, I mean, it's great. Um, but I also I'm like, wow, it's content. There's a lot of content out there right now, but people yeah, have time. So it's, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah, I just, I mean, with with uh, with my podcast when I when I started it, it came. I, we had a TV show at the gallery that we did, and that was always very slow. So because I mean, it's TV, you know, you have to set it all up, and there's people to invite, yeah. and it's like it's a huge event. And then for for a local TV station, it was just too much work. So we did it two or three times a year. So I decided to make the podcast because it's easier, it's faster. I can do it myself because I'm yep. curious person. I want to talk to people. I want to talk yeah. to artists, all these people. And but then over the last year, I figured that it's too much work to publish once a week you know so so i went back to every second week and when i have the time and i tried to switch it once german one english okay. and now basically this year i've just said okay it doesn't matter what what comes first if it's a german podcast it's german it's if it's english it's english but with this with this situation now i talked to many people anyway so i thought why not record make these recordings and 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 check check in with other people in in france in america you know sort of how are they dealing with this situation right and it and and yes it's 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 great to have the podcast out but it's also kind of therapy for me you know in a way because i talk to people from the art business and uh, and and the art world and hear how they're doing you know so it's a it's a nice thing to just i don't know catch up because everyone yeah. everyone is experiencing a little bit the same, but also very different from depending on the country where you're in and your personal situation. I, I think that's, I mean, I, I like what, how you said that, um, that it's therapy for you, because I feel like that's a little bit how juxtapose, how we're handling it um, and doing coverage with people around the world, just checking on their studios and their daily routines. Because mm -hmm. I think that, um, I think that connection is really, really important right now. And I think people don't necessarily need it's like you don't need the art world necessarily right now but it, yeah. artists artists can provide a very very nice template or blueprint of how to get through a day doing something creative and kind of getting lost in it and i think that's the important lesson to kind of get from artists and i've been feeling a little bit better um just checking in with people and and just kind of understanding how they're getting through their, the 12 hours of the day where you're kind of really trying to get through 12 hours of the day. Uh, and you know, and it's, it's not that like, you know, when, when we're on deadline and I'm sure too, like whenever you, when you're hanging a show or something, you do have those days where mm -hmm. the outside world doesn't matter. Or if you're um, a great example is if you're at a, a art basil week or something like the outside world does not exist. Like you just kind of mm -hmm. get these modes and, you get in these schedules where the time doesn't matter. Um, 
So there is something about the the art world structure where um, it is helpful to get through these kind of long, long days, I think, um, which is why I think for Juxpose, we've been really trying to emphasize um, just really nice, frank conversations with people uh, over the last couple of weeks about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So is that, I mean, but you're, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you, you're, you're having, you're running a magazine, uh, probably one of the most, probably the most important in this, in this field, um, or, or, or this, this genre. So yeah, I mean, everyone knows it. I mean, even though it's still sometimes difficult to get in Germany or not on the train yeah. stations, but it's you still, are, yeah. you know, now it's nobody goes to train stations. So right, right, um, right, I think right. Most, most people in Germany that, that read juxtapose they they have have a subscription or so because it's still the easiest way to get it but as a magazine of course you have a you have a have a you can you can reach out to so many people and you can um um can do so many things so you just right now you're doing the studio i mean this virtual no virtual i mean the virtual studio visit so you just ask the artist to to send you material or it's been a, yeah, we've been kind of asking artists to just give give us 24 hours in the day of your life um, right mm-hmm. now uh, and send us the images and give us, you know, we kind of give some, uh, uh, you know, we give some interview questions or some context of kind of, you know, what, what mm-hmm. it is they're doing. Um, but yeah, we've been doing a lot of these Instagram live actually uh, sessions. They're like 15 minutes long, 10 to 15 minutes and just artists doing things, uh, creating art based on materials that are around the house that don't require you to go to a store. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been really, really fun. Cause we never really used that. We never used Instagram live before. No. Um, and I don't know why we really, I mean, you know, we've done it a couple of times where we've walked through a, a gallery show or something, but we've never really used this medium in this way. And I'm actually really, I'm learning. This is the thing I'm learning so much right now mm-hmm. about things. I didn't have time to deal with before. Um, or didn't have the wherewithal or didn't have the situation where this was the only thing I could do um, with the magazine's content. So this has been, I mean, in some ways, this has been such a great learning experience of just how we can utilize certain platforms better moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's basically just been anything from Marcel, Marcel Dazama teaching us how to draw a bat, which I realized later that bats are very controversial right now. I thought <laughs> he's been painting bats for 20 years. Um, uh, and, and then Ben Venom, who was just on your podcast, mm-hmm. um, was do- teaching people kind of just some really cool, like sewing one one stuff. Yeah. Uh, so it's been, um, it's just been kind of nice. I mean, it's just, you, you can check in with it, check, you know, take a look and see what the artists are doing. And then we post the videos, um, on a website, the full tutorials. Um, we're working with this, a uh, new group called if you were here now, um, they're trying to do, um, a series of tutorials for charity. It's, it's, it's really nice. I, I love these people. And that's another thing. It's like just meeting new people and like, Hey, let's, let's, let's do something that activates the small business, uh, component of the art world. And that's kind of what we're doing. So, it's it's a learning process. Yeah, yeah. But are you also doing you're also doing. I mean, not with juxtapose, you do projects at galleries, at you know, at yep. spaces and stuff like that. All of that is, uh, I suppose, canceled too now. Yeah. And, um. How do how do you cope with that? I mean. Yeah. Which, well, it's oh man, it's it's actually really too bad because I was supposed to be in uh, the tail end of my Tokyo trip right now. We were supposed to have a show with Commune in uh, Shibuya right now a uh, group show basically um kind of east versus west kind of east meets west mel- melting pot of different styles and um i was so excited about this show and yeah. it's been postponed to october 
Um, but that was kind of the, you know, the, the big shock was when they canceled that show at the beginning of March. And that's, you know, I was on my way to New York for a uh, armory show and uh, it was kind of, it was like, Oh, okay. So everything's my whole life is now uh, on hold a little bit. Um, so yeah, the Tokyo show is a really big disappointment that it's been postponed, but uh, it'll be back. October, we're going to do it. Yeah, well, um, we're trying to fit everything into October and November and December this well, year. Well, that's the thing, too. That's such a good point. I'm glad you brought that up because I feel like also there is going to be – there's okay, there's two ways of looking at it, right? There's light at the end of the tunnel. Um, also, uh, there's going to be so much stuff going on in the fall. It's almost like, okay, well, maybe we should maybe we should reschedule some of the stuff that we had, we had planned. But, you know, the big, the big thing that's – is um, – when you're putting out a print magazine and nobody can go to a newsstand, um, that's where I think we're all a little, not, I wouldn't, I would say we're just a little bit more disappointed because we feel like our spring issue that just came out as soon as the pandemic was kind of taking hold, um, was one of the best issues we've, we've done, uh, in the last couple of years. It's just such a great issue. Um, I mean, I, I say that every issue, but <laughs> this one in particular, I really loved, um, and we had planned so many things around it. We had, you know, podcasts lined up with artists in the magazine. And so it was like really, it felt like it was all, all engines were, you know, revved and everything was good to go. Um, so I'm a little disappointed that the spring issue maybe doesn't get the shine that it should um, just physically, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and so then we're, you know, we, in a month we finished the summer issue. So we have a little bit of time to kind of, I don't want that to be like the COVID-19 issue either. Mm -hmm. Cause I feel like, it, we could all of a sudden, you know, every interview is like all about COVID-19. So we're trying to, all the, all the contributors of that issue, we're trying to be a little uh, sensitive to that. Mm -hmm. So um, there's a, yeah, it's just, just a couple of things that just, um, we have to be reevaluated, I guess. Right. Hmm. So. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, just, just moving everything to, to, to a later date also means uh, uh, sort of things are not happening right now that are usually happening. I mean, nobody's selling really, I mean, not many people are selling art. Right, I, right, I, spoke, right. I, spoke to, I spoke to my Danish gallerist uh, up in Albor and he said business is really good right now at the moment, but every country is different because in Germany yeah. it's on a total halt. Nobody buys art now. And it's totally understandable to me, you know, sort of like, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I mean, I'm still, I'm still looking, uh, reaching out to collectors that I know I will not be very heavily affected by all this and that they kind of still keep up the support but for example in Denmark the situation is so Danish people most of them have summer houses so like you know where they that they rent out in mm -hmm. summer and that they go to in summer they're all in their summer houses now and they have some time Got and it. they know that they still have some money so they they call up the gallery and say hey there are still a few empty walls you know so that's like that's a different business model that they the Danish galleries and not every, all of them but most have and in Germany people are just like that right now I mean, they enjoy what the artists are posting. Yeah. They think it's really nice, but they're not even buying prints. So when in Germany, I don't know if it, I mean, it's definitely here in the San Francisco area because it's just so tech heavy. Everybody oh. just orders things online to be delivered to their doorstep. Is that the same in Germany right now? Not everything, but okay. a lot more, of course. Now, you know, yeah. The, the, yeah. I've noticed that it's become, it's a very dangerous thing because it's so like you start forgetting how much money you're spending on things. You're like, wait, what did we, what did we just get? Like, what is, what is this pot? <laughs> we just spent $40 on puzzles. Like, what do we do? Uh, how many puzzles do we need? You know, like it's like this panic buying that we did at the beginning. Now that we're like, what are we? 
what are we doing? Um, but I, I was like, why don't I just, I should be like saving up some of this money and just and buy some art that I've been wanting over the years. Cause yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, I buy a little bit of art here and there. I'm not a huge art collector. Just, I think in the nature of the job, I try not to, uh, I try not to get it to, you know, kind of confuse the editorial, but occasionally I'll, I'll, I'll pick off a couple sure. things here and there. Um, and now I'm kind of like, I should be, I should be buying, I should be buying drawings. I'm looking around at some of the stuff I just got framed, but like, I, I should be, I should be buying some art right now. Mm-hmm. But then again, it's like, I, you know, you don't want to, there's, there's this shock to the system right now. You know, it's, it's kind of weird to spend money on things. I, I, it just seems it's all off, but I love the Danish. I mean, it's the Danes, you know, they got, they're one of the happiest people on earth. They figured it out. Yeah. And they surround themselves with art. It's basically comes natural. It's part of their, it's in their, it's in their DNA, you know, whereas yeah. here in Germany, we still try to convince the majority that, I mean, not looking at art, a lot of people enjoy that, but that there's, um, yeah, that there's a whole industry behind it. And there's people that, I mean, that art is actually kind of, that's the only way they get paid, you know, if they sell a painting. So we still have some convincing to do here, but I mean, I mean, I don't want to complain. I'm doing this since 2002 and, um, and that's uh, it's always been a challenge, you know. Especially you know, when the when the when the when the world crashed uh, before in two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that was a tough time. But, but I mean, still people buy art, and it's I'm not expecting people to go totally crazy about it. I've, I'm not in this business to become super filthy rich because you won't, except right. for very few people. Very few. Um, very, 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 very few. Yeah, very and, few. And, you know, that's but, incredible, man. That's incredible. I mean, I think, you know, I want to put that into context because I, I think that's so yeah. important. Um, since 2002, that's a long time in the art world. It's, a, you know, not that many people last that long. And, you know, and I think about Juxtapose being around since 1994. We're an independent, we're not owned by a corporation. We're independently owned. I think people don't understand how hard that is in the face of like you said, people who do make it very wealthy in the art world and this, every artist and every person, every gallerist, this is ascension that they're all going to be Larry Gagosian or something. Mm-hmm. Um, or you're going to be art forum or, you know, whatever. Uh, I think it's so, I think I like to take a second and just like acknowledge the fact that you've been around since 2002 and that's such, <laughs> that's a hard, it's a hard thing, you know, and I've been at Juxpo since 2006 and it just dawned on me. It's been almost like, you know, it's 14 years and you see galleries come and go so just mm-hmm. like that. Right. Sure. And so it's, I just think it needs to be acknowledged. 2002. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to cheers you with my coffee and you can have, if you have a beer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm already, you know, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a good yeah, thing about these time differences, you know, I'm, it's time. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Yeah, but I mean, it's yeah, but it's nothing you can you can you can you cannot get into art and count on 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 making money. You can need you know, sort of. Yeah. I mean, I've, uh, there's a lot of other things that you have to surround yourself with to 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 be happy. If you if you're just into money, then I don't know, go to you chose a, a different uh, a job. But um, but I mean, it's I mean, I'm surrounded by. By what I love, love most all my life. I mean, I'm an yeah. artist myself, but also have the gallery, and sometimes yeah. that's a conflict. But often it's, I mean, for me personally, it's a huge benefit because I'm not just focusing on myself and in my studio. I have also the the, the advantage of uh, being able to to work with uh, with with artists and 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 yep. have them. It's a d- totally different experience to 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 uh, get to know an artist when you actually. Um, working with them on this on this level because you know so 
much more and you're much more intimate and you 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 have the 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 opportunity to see in development over many many years you know um with certain artists that i'm still working with for for a long time and um and that is um that is something i i i mean i don't want to give up so um and for that i'm fighting that's what i'm fighting yeah the, the i could i could just i could close the gallery and just live from of my art and the stuff that i have around me you know my family and everything and but it's um it's every time it's get it's getting me you know every time again you know i'm not doing many shows anymore now my my oldest son is going into a little bit into the business and he's managing the gallery and yeah i mean it's not that this is going to be his perfect maybe it is but right now he's he's perfect for it you know and yeah it's, it's just a just a nice thing to see and this is something that you can get of the arts you know because i mean you just said you, you you're traveling probably a lot extensively and meeting yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so many artists and up close you know and i think that's i'm i've been listening to to a couple of your podcasts and then of course you have guests like jr and you are with juxtapose for such a long time that you know the artist before he became the famous jr you know so and that's history Right. Um, first off, I definitely think there's something I, I, I would love to say is that I think every artist should try to run a gallery for like a year or two years just to get that experience and understand how how that part works mm -hmm. and how um, – because I think – you will then learn what gallerists are good and what gallerists are bad moving forward, I think. Um, yeah. And I, I think that is such a really healthy thing for for an artist to get that business perspective back in. I'm not saying they need to like, you know, make a life of it, they, but I, I do think it's a really good mm -hmm. business um, practice. And it, that's another thing, you know, I, I didn't go to art school. Um, I went to school for journalism and art history. Um, but I thought I was going to be a sports writer, which is just such a weird, I mean, that's such a weird, uh, <laughs> well, because I, um, I'm not quite sure this, does, is, this will come back and answer your question or, or provide some context to your, your question. Mm -hmm. But, um, I, I loved when I was a kid, you know, my dad traveled all the time. He worked for newspapers. He was always traveling. And he would always like when he would come back from a trip would bring me back newspapers or magazines uh, from his, you know, that he had on the airplane or whatever. And, and like Miami Herald, New York Times, Washington Post, all these different newspapers and Sports Illustrated, which is a great American um, sports magazine. And uh, I, so I'd read them just just all the time, just constantly read, 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 read. But I would always be so attracted to the long form stories that would be about like. Muhammad Ali in 1968, you know, in August of 1968, and it'd be like a, you know, 20 page article about, you know, what he was doing in that time. And I got so attracted to, um, talking about a subject outside of the context of what they're famous for. Um, mm -hmm. so like, uh, you know, I didn't want to read about Muhammad Ali in the boxing ring. I wanted to read about him as a person, as, um, what he was doing, what was he eating for breakfast and, you know, what his political, you know, passions were and all that. And that's the stuff I got really attracted to. So I always got attracted to those stories that were more about an artist or of sports figures, personal life, as opposed to what they achieved in the, you know, for their fame. Um, so I think when I got lucky enough to start a juxtapose, um, through upper playground, uh, the clothing company and Matt Ravelli, who was my mentor at the time, uh, I was really more fascinated in these stories with these artists that was about like 
the parts that are outside of their gallery practice a little mm -hmm. bit. And I think that actually helped me get into doing this stuff and understand and getting a little bit more personal with some of the, those, those artists um, because I wasn't trying to lie that I had gone to art school to study every single art historical practice or um, era or, you know, you know, I could talk about, you know, Dada, but I couldn't, you know, list every single artist that was, you know, part of the movements. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I, I just have always been attracted to um, the more uh, day in the life part of an artist's life than I have been perhaps their, their actual physical skills, because I feel like that is, they get to talk about that a lot. So I feel like I, I always like to talk more about mm -hmm. the personal stuff. Yeah. That was a long-winded yeah. answer of the JR yeah. part. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean it's it's um I mean it's I think how you do your job and yeah, is has got a lot to do with the with your approach. Uh if your approach is you want a quick result that is that wows people, you might never get to the core of the story and to what's behind it. And I always I always like the the to talk with other artists about their practice, how they how they go on about it and 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 when you have the opportunity i mean you probably know boris hopic from barcelona i've i've mm. been um we've been we've been really good friends for for many years and every time i was in barcelona i was staying at his house so i was becoming part of his family in a way and he was part of my family and so there is there I have a I have a completely different view on Boris and his work than probably many other people have because they will never come so close. I mean, my oldest he he was when Boris was staying the first time at our place. My my oldest son or our oldest son was wow, how old was he? Five six years old, six years old, six years old, around about six years old. And he was in the morning. Boris was drawing his little dirty yeah, cartoon yeah, yeah. figures and my son and his uh, and, a, and, a, and a friend of his who were staying overnight they were sitting next to him on the table and drawing also these kind of dirty characters with dicks and everything on them and it was good fun you know so so that is like for boris it was the very first encounter with uh with with little kids <laughs> you know how they react to his work And I think they can relate much better to it. So for me, that was from from that point on was always an understanding that that Boris thinks thinks probably in some parts like a six year old kid with the experience of a forty year old, you know, like like this. And um, and 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 those those things you can only experience when you give it time and when you don't. As I said, I mean, the point is you can always look into an artist and say, how much money can I make of this person and how quickly. Uh, but that leads to doing a lot of group shows with many promising artists and dropping 95% of them afterwards. And then you'll never build relationships. And I mean, I'm a little bit older. I'm, 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 I'm 52. I'm, I've, I, I love those relationships that mm -hmm. I've built. And, and, and so I take it all probably a little bit more serious, but I can also enjoy much more. And, mm -hmm. and I do a lot less. It's also like, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm not doing many shows. I'm not doing many shows with many artists anymore. There's not enough time, <laughs> you know? Right. But you, know, you have, but you have, you have also the very quick encounters. I mean, 2006, you've, you're spanning. I mean, like how many artists have come up and gone down and, you know, yeah. sort of stayed and not stayed. I mean, right. Well, and also like just in that time, just the, the, the ascension of, um, you know, street art and how mm -hmm. it's become part of the, 
not even the art lexicon, but like the pop culture lexicon, right? Uh, it's, and I think that's one thing that like, no matter if you don't like street art, if you don't, if you don't care about it, it's still open the door for so many people to learn about art. Like you could go, mm -hmm. you could use street art to go into, you know, it, you use it as a, as a, as a entry point to get into contemporary art in many ways. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, we were so lucky at juxtapose that like we were growing as street art was growing and it wasn't just, it wasn't about like, okay, we're going to become a street art magazine, but it was like the language of street art, the accessibility of it is exactly what we're trying to do with the art world is make it a more accessible place. So we can use, you know, street art in a way to help get people now into underground comics, or we can get them into contemporary painters. We can get them into sculptors. We can get them into ceramics and all kind of use a similar language uh, that street art was using, which was all about accessibility, was all about public, was all about mm -hmm. free, was all about freedom. Um, obviously now it's all about lots of different things, um, some things I don't like. Um, but I thought that that 2006, seven, eight, right before the recession was a really good thing for uh, time for us to utilize social media, utilize what was happening on the streets and turn that into a better way of explaining what's happening in the art world at large. Um, it took us a while though to get that right. I feel like the last three or four years we've really got it right. Um, but it took a while to, to, to get it all, I think to feel like a unison conversation, conversation in unison. But then again, I mean, yeah, and uh, I mean, uh, in America, uh, pop culture has always had a very different meaning. I mean, yeah, in Germany, you still have to convince some people that 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 um, that every, I mean, everything pop, every, you know, sort of that advertisement, all these things that they can yeah. actually influence art and yeah. artists. And 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 here we're always, you know, sort of art has always been on a very very high horse. Um, and the, 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 the Gerhard Richters and the Neo Rausches is very yeah. serious. I mean, stuff. I love it. It's serious sure. stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, also it always has to have this, 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 um, um, this academic under, 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 you know, says to, you know, sort of be fed by a lot of academic thoughts. And when you work with artists, and I think a lot of these artists that are in these kind of galleries and in this, you know, so they're, they're written about in that way, they, they don't see themselves like that. And I think there's a lot of liberation when you look at the pop, uh, pop culture aspect. And, and I think that's, that's very American. I was always a little bit, that's one of the reasons why I opened the gallery and made the gallery the way I, I did it is because I, I thought, you know, sort of, you know, America is so much better off in that respect by by acknowledging sort of th these these artists as being artists. I mean, the whole beautiful losers movement and stuff, yeah, things yeah. like that. That's that's that would have not happened in Germany, you know, around those days. Yeah, and you know, that's again, that's the stuff that really put juxtapose on the map because Robert Williams, when he founded the magazine, was founding mm -hmm. it on that idea of the people that did psychedelic posters and album covers and comic books and skateboard graphics and tattoos were actually not only people who might've gone to really, really prestigious art schools, but were people with extremely great technical skills. Mm -hmm. um, and he's always, you know, Robert has always told me that you, you just, you gotta be able to draw. You gotta be able to draw. I always love that. He says that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and he's a really great craft craftsman himself. Um, but I, I, you know, Juxpose was so lucky that we, that there were like, as we were trying to, trying to explain an alternative art history, that there was all these cool movements that were happening like pop surrealism and beautiful losers and, um, 
just certain graffiti scenes and street art stuff started to emerge. And now it's all kind of melded together into, you know, what it is, you know, I mean, it's kind of all become, you know, a conversation that can all exist together. It, it you know, the Instagram is kind of, you know, I think taken away a little bit of the the learning curve or like a little bit of the ability to investigate further, I think in a way, but I mean, you, you can do it, but, um, I miss being able to pick up a Clark magazine or was it Lowdown that was in Germany? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love, yeah. Is it still, is it still around or I don't, I don't know. I don't I know. But there were, there were a couple of friends in the family tunes was also a pretty good magazine that, that yeah, was yeah. co-founded by Jabo Monk. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, I I don't know. I just, I kind of, I, I'm just a huge fan of historical periodicals. I just, I love, Mm -hmm. I love, um, I love the, the fact that I have stacks of books here and stacks of magazines. I can just kind of pick up and see what was happening in 1994 and be, you know, and use that as, as a, you know, something to study. Um, but I think the, there are some really, really great shows that are starting to happen around the art world that are starting to really, really explain, uh, what's been, what's been happening the last 20 years. Um, and so I, I do feel that before the, before the pandemic, I thought, I thought the art world was doing really well in terms of, uh, maybe realigning how, how art history was supposed to be looked at. Yeah, I th- uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> Before all this hit, I, Before, I, had, yeah. I, had a, I had a pretty good feeling about how where it was heading, you know? Yeah, so, you know, it, it's funny because right when it was happening, we were at the Armory show. And this is another thing, like what's so cool about Juxtapose is that we were able to go and th- do a little partnership with the Armory show because we've, we've gained a little bit of traction in that contemporary art world, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but you were walking around the fair and there was like friends, artist friends that I saw that were having big paintings in these, you know, in a very exclusive, you know, one of the, the, you know, the OG exclusive art fairs. And I, and it, I was, I had a feeling that it, it felt like there was a nice moment happening in the mm-hmm. art world where it felt a little bit more approachable. I felt like there was a lot of stuff that felt like it was based on comic books, which made me really excited. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But uh, we'll see. You know, I don't know. I mean, now it's like I don't know. It's like three weeks of our life, and it's like what? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 very it's very very hard to tell, and I think it's it's also something that um, no matter how hard you think about it, uh, you will not come up with any kind of solution because nobody really has has a solution. I mean, it's it's uh, you know. So if you speak to a lot of artists, I I also speak to a lot of artists, and and I I I see there's there's like different different things. You know, I mean, some artists they are just working and working and working and throwing out a paint one painting after the other, and they're just like my life hasn't changed much. I'm usually much i'm usually working in kind of isolation as well but there's still the whole insecurity around it that influences you in your in your studio no matter what you do and then there are other artists that i've spoken to and um including myself that it took a while to actually even start to work on the first piece you know yeah. i just started with baby steps a few days ago yeah and um and i have uh, a bunch of artists to say i mean not 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 because they they it's not because of uh, uh, fatalism you know it's just saying oh it doesn't make any sense anymore just because 
why what what can i do now what what should i do now what 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 has meaning right now and it's not yeah. every artist is even though it looks to many people like that that every artist is on instagram and is posting continuously a lot of artists are not on instagram and maybe they are and they're posting one painting at a yeah, time yeah. but they're not revealing anything of their practice what other artists do every artist is different i mean some can do it and some can make their own uh, uh, story tutorials and show you know sort of they are they know marketing better there's a lot of artists who just have a hard time dealing with this, right? Yeah, it's funny because I, I had just interviewed an artist who's going to be in our summer issue, um, Kelly Beeman. Uh, she's based in New York. And I interviewed her two weeks ago. And it's like, I feel like in two weeks, I'm like, ah, oh. I just listened back to it. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, well, okay, so that was two weeks ago. And it feels like some of those questions like don't, are no longer relevant to the world even mm -hmm. just two weeks ago. Um, and I was even thinking about my own, like my own Instagram account, um, the, not the juxtaposed one, my own personal one. And it took me a couple of weeks. I finally posted something, you know, recently. Cause I was like, Oh, I am working on some stuff. I should probably mm -hmm. let people know, but I didn't, I had no idea. I was like, what am I going to put? What am I going to put? I have no idea what I'm going to do. Like, what am I going to post? What mm -hmm. am I going to say? I don't really feel like sharing anything. Um, at the moment because i don't really know what i'm sharing or what i'm doing um and i do feel like that's what the one of the things that's been nice about interviewing all these artists this past couple of weeks on the site was that i'm learning that i do like the fact when someone says you know i'm not making anything right now i don't feel it and mm -hmm. i love i think i love that honesty because we're always thinking that artists are constantly working like yeah. no I, i'm actually shell-shocked and i have nothing to to paint or i don't mm -hmm. feel like i can make anything that's that speaks to anything honest about how I'm feeling. And I, mm -hmm. I, I think that's, it's incredible because like you were saying earlier, it's it, everybody in every single pocket of the world is going through a similar yet slightly different experience. And mm -hmm. I know this is, you know, when there's been world wars, I, you know, we haven't lived through them, so I don't know, but I mm -hmm. assume it wasn't even like this. And then we're so interconnected, but this feels so, uh, it's just, it's just the pause button is so uh, so strong right now. Mm -hmm. So I, I yeah, I, I agree. And also this this one aspect that I've been thinking about in the beginning, it was like okay, it comes from you know sort of was China, then it was somewhere in Europe, Italy, or something like that. And you were looking closely on all the other countries, and then of course the United States and and Africa, which becomes a problem. And then everybody starts closing their borders, and the world gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah, and yeah. You know, so like with when where I'm sitting now, I just feel like pretty much nothing can happen to me actually. But you you stop thinking about the rest of the world, and you you're not really stopping to think about. It, but it's like even if you go onto media, if you if you read about it, it's it's your nation first. What's happening in Germany? Do we have face masks and stuff like that? Yeah. And everybody's you know sort of going more and more back into their shells, which before, I mean, you know, sort of. Europe had no borders. That's why the whole Brexit fuck up of the of the Brits is so weird, you know, sort of it's so out of space, you know. I mean, most of my British friends didn't understand it, but uh, but it's like we don't have any borders. You sit in your car and you can basically drive from one end of Europe to the other without being stopped anywhere. You just have to stop for gas and food. You know, that's it. And but but you can everywhere and you pay with the same money everywhere. So now the world is getting smaller and 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 will that also have uh, uh, I mean, will you know? So there's a lot of initiatives in in German galleries to support 
also German artists, not from a nationalistic point, but yeah. because they're just around and you can still reach them. My gallery's from Denmark, who usually comes to Hamburg, which is not a long drive, to pick up the work. He just he told me yesterday he, that he spoke to German border uh, police whether he can still come into the country and 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 bring the artwork out and and it's like such a weird thing German border police yeah and yeah 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 still, you know I mean and it's it's a it's a weird situation so so I don't know I mean you know it, it's it, funny your uh, Merkel was the first leader mm -hmm. who basically said, yeah, uh, millions of people are going to be infected and hundreds of thousands are going to die. And I remember when I, when I, when she said that about, you know, Germans, she was talking about Germans. I, I was, I was like, oh, she doesn't, she doesn't mince words. No. So her models are probably the right models to be following. And, and that kind of, that's when I got kind of scared or, yeah. or a little bit like, um, where I realized that about six months of all my travels were going to be canceled. Mm -hmm. Um, and that everything was going to just, be definitely uh postponed or canceled um so yeah so i think i thank her for <laughs> i think i i mean i thank her for being kind of the voice of reason many times but um i thank her for maybe like setting the record straight because i mean what she said is pretty much true um that's what's happening um in california it's weird california was the first state to do shelter in place um in the united states mm -hmm. Um, San Francisco was the first city to um, implement it. And um, our governor is really great. He actually called California a nation state um, the other day, which was like the kind of like all Californians were like, because, hey. <laughs> you know, we're the fifth biggest economy in the world. So we felt kind of like, oh, yeah, let's, let's, let's flex our might a little bit. Um, but I actually do think what's interesting about California is that the governor of California, his wife is an artist and actress. Uh, so I feel like he will have a little bit of extra incentive to mm -hmm. um, help out the arts community when this is all said and done because he lives in a household of an artist. So I actually do feel um, like that will be taken care of on a state level, um, which is nice. I don't trust anything, obviously, on the federal level because our president is a empty soul. So um, yeah, I think it's the best way to put it. So uh, yeah, he's probably one of the worst people to have in. He's the president right now, and it's I mean normally also, but especially now I think. It's, right, um, I think it goes uh, Trump then Boris Johnson one and two. They're very yeah. they're they're, they're, yeah, they're Boris Johnson didn't have enough time yet to establish himself as the big uh, right exactly. <laughs> he, he was going for it though. Yeah, he's strongly yeah. yeah yeah he might actually but I mean yeah I have a good friend uh, one of my best friends he's uh, he's he's from England and we've been we know each other for wow I think almost. 25 years or so for a very long time and uh, and we just i mean he's we are exchanging a lot about the political situation in england over these past years with the whole brexit thing and and he, the english have just have this fantastic kind of humor but it's so bitter if you just so bitter think yeah it's so bitter i mean it's just yeah well okay that's another a completely right yeah, yeah yeah another topic yeah so you know, so what is what is yeah sorry no go ahead go ahead go ahead so what is what is uh, what is the first thing you're actually really really you know sort of looking forward to with um, with juxtapose where where I mean how can life go back to normal or what, do you have any ideas how how I mean not when not nobody can say that but but is I mean, do you do you have any ideas how how to move on after this with juxtapose and well the I mean community? 
the the one thing you know we had our 25th anniversary last mm-hmm. year it was 25 years um and we did kind of a special black and white show showcase in Miami mm-hmm. Art Basel and it was really 170 black and white black and white drawings and that was kind of like a a little bit of a chapter end i think to a certain extent mm-hmm. of um of uh, not of an era but just it felt like we really encapsulated the 25th year very nicely um i really felt like at what was happening and why I was so excited about the spring 2020 issues. I felt like we finally got all these things um, in line. Like, I feel like we have a very, very strong magazine. I feel like we have a very, very strong podcast. And I feel like we have a very, very strong um, plan to do pop-up shows. We had a gallery. uh, We had a gallery uh, for about six months in Jersey city, outside of New York city that just didn't work Mm -hmm. out. Um, Not our fault. I won't go into that unless I want to start a fight and I don't want to. Um, so just, you know, you, you, you know, landlords are very interesting people, especially when they're uber capitalist. Um, so I thought we had a really good plan. We were going to be doing pop-up shows around the world with, with galleries that we love that were kind of more so needed the support and, um, do our podcast and do our magazine. And we were in such a good mode. And then this happened. So I think, I'm still, my plan is that we're just, we're juxtaposed just, we want to focus on the like four things, three or four things that we're really, really good at and that we really, really feel passionate about and just focus on doing that and doing that really, really well. Um, So we're doing, the plan is to keep doing um, the pop-up shows and do um, just be really, really good about that. And we're trying to work a little bit harder of working with museums um, specifically. Um, because we feel like museums are very misunderstood and we feel like the infrastructure of museums is very misunderstood. And we know that not every person who goes to art school can be an artist, but some people want to be curators. Some people want to be, um, you know, work in, you know, conserving art. Some people want to do in marketing. Like, so we're trying to really, we were attempting right before this happened to start telling stories about um, how to be, in the art world without being an artist. And that was like a big passion project of mine because I never thought I had access to the art world growing up. And I want to make sure that everybody feels like they can. So that's the goal. Um, so when this goes back to, I think we'll be able to, you know, we're a small team, so we don't have to necessarily rewrite the, rewrite the journal, mm-hmm. but um, this is, you know, we, our summer issue might get delayed because there's no newsstands. Uh, there's certain things like that that are logistically a nightmare that I'm, that suck, but we're just going to keep plodding through because, you know, um, we do have the advantage of being an independent company and not owned by a corporation. So we can be a little bit more, you know, mm-hmm. uh, nimble, I guess. Um, but I, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to doing these pop-up shows. I really liked it. And the idea of doing one in Tokyo, we had a plan of maybe doing one in London, um, during freeze. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, there was just, I like that idea of, of doing that kind of thing with juxtapose because yeah. it feels more in line with our quarterly schedule. Um, and I think it's just nice to have new, like I love like we, for so long we've had like eh, about a hundred artists that were like known as juxtapose artists. Now we've got so many, you know, we've got people in different parts of the world doing content for us. We have just our base of artists that we cover so much larger and it feels so fresh and it feels so invigorating and it, I feel so much energy 14 years into this job because there's so many new good people that I think we're trying to make sure that they feel like they're part of 
the art history, you know, story that we're telling. So that's kind of been exciting this last couple of years. But how do you, I mean, how do you find the artists? I mean, it's not, it's not like you're waiting until an artist is, is big. You're also discovering a lot of artists because I mean, that's, that's part of the, the probably the, the, the juxtaposed ethos, not just to wait and write about, write up about those who are famous, but actually, you know, so make your own choices. Um, but how do you, how do you find artists these days? Uh, well, I, I'm, so I'm, this is going to sound funny for somebody who run, who runs a big Instagram account, but I'm bad at Instagram. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, or I just, I don't, I'm not one of those people who just flips through Instagram and like looks for artists. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I always say go to a lot of art things. Um, I, I really, what I do is I, I really just, I talk to, I just talk to artists about the people that they like and mm -hmm. trade stories about artists that they are following or that they are interested in or, Oh, Hey, I was in a group show and I, you know, here's, and you know, I, I do most of my research peer to peer. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that way I can find new artists, even just that weren't mentioned to me, uh, that way. Um, and that's, I think that's still the best way is yeah. if you talk to somebody like, um, if you talk to somebody like Eddie Martinez, who's like a very, you know, accomplished contemporary painter, he's going to list off 10 young artists that he's been interested in who have either worked in his studio or works at his friend's studio. And then you start kind of doing your research that way. I do not like using Instagram only, you know, I just, like I said, I'm not great at it. Um, I, I don't think I have the attention span for it, but, um, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm way, I'm hundred percent peer to peer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's the only way that kind of can work. I mean, I, I mean, it's it's. I mean, I I have a family. I have I have kids. You know, sort of. We have a lot of stuff that's going on every day. I I spend. Uh, it might look different, you know, to people because I you know sort of continuously post stuff, but I I don't spend much time on on Instagram uh, in total, and uh, and I'm usually pointed by. I mean, sometimes, of course, you, you discover something, but it's mostly the personal relationships that you have to other artists uh, or gallerists uh, who say, oh, you have to look into this artist. Um, uh, you know, sort of, that's also, I think it's a lot easier that way to to get a little bit of understanding what's behind it because it's not just the aesthetics, you know, it's uh, it's a lot more um, yeah. that, that an artist has to bring to the table. I think, I, I think too, like when you've been, when you've been doing something for, you know, for you since for almost, you know 20 plus years and for, you know, I've been doing it since for 14, like you get yourself in this routine of like, if you're going to shows, you're going to art fairs, you're flying around, you're going to places like you start like, the things that you're really attracted to really start popping out really, mm -hmm. really quick, quickly. Um, and you, you know, you can go, I always shock myself. I'll go into freeze. Let's say I'm just mm -hmm. for one of those fairs and I'll be like, Oh, I don't know who that artist is. Like, oh, wow. I spent my whole life doing this. I've never heard of this artist, yeah. you know? And then you start doing, you go down that rabbit hole of researching. Oh, okay. This is, so they've shown here, they've shown here and they've had this career. Oh, okay. They went to this art school. Okay. You look up at that art school and you're like, Oh, this person went there to eat you start building your, your sort of, um, your, uh, your exploration template or whatever of how mm -hmm. like you, you learn about artists. And I, I just, I, I stick to that. I, I still, I mean, I think the, one of the big things, right. Is that the art fairs become like this, you know, in the last 10 years, like ugh, there's so many art fairs. Um, but those weeks where you can go to a city where there's five or six art fairs and a bunch of art openings are so yeah. they're they're so illuminating and finding really good people. Um, go you know if you go to the offbeat shows and you find like you, you know you find such good stuff. So 
I just, I'm a constant, constant. And I like going by myself. I don't like going with people. You know, yeah. I, I, I'm not yeah. like, I'm not really good at going to art fairs with other people. Um, cause you know, I don't really want, I mean, occasionally I want a glass of champagne or something, but I, you know, I just kind of want to like dig my, you know, dig my heels in for a couple hours and just, you know, do it. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I'm, I just, I find, I find the art life to be really, really fun if you let it be fun. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of, it's so serious because it's so much economics behind it. But if you just sort of take a step back and realize how fun it can be, I think that's also something I'm, because as, I, as I develop, you know, stress on trying to put together a magazine and all the mm -hmm. content, I still try to make sure I tell myself that this is so much fun. I can't believe I get to do this. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I, I still see it. I mean, it's a uh, it's it's hard work. It's a lot of work. Hard it's work. Not, yeah, it's not very well compensated most of the times. But of course, I mean, it's uh, it's a very special field that you're that you're actually in. And and when when you um, it's really funny as we're saying this on on art fairs. I mean, I've done a lot of art fairs with the gallery, and I've I've been to many art fairs even before I opened the galleries. And I've I always enjoyed the art fair feeling. Um, it has gotten really big and crowded, but I still like to go over an art fair by myself because that also allows me to walk past things because absolutely that's, that, that's yes. the one thing i don't have the time i don't want to stop yes. everywhere and if you go in a group they say oh that's a beautiful painting or well, look at this and i'm just like i'm like i can't because it's this it can get you know sort of like a little bit like pollution you know and it's i mean there's a lot of there's a couple of art fairs that actually bomb you with <laughs> that actually bomb you uh with um with uh, i don't know it's like it's like a it's like a constant flash of things and it's not necessarily good i think that's um i mean that's i've been to art fairs that were really good but and i've also been to art fairs that were really bad so i can actually go over an art fair and have kind of a feeling where i stop and the thing is that I've just, it's, this experience over the over the over the many of the recent years is that a lot of people actually go to art fairs and to exhibitions and don't necessarily look anymore what's on the walls. And I think it's always good. That's like a recommendation. And it's not necessarily their fault. It's not because they're ignorant or they don't want to. It's because it's so many options. And here you get your champagne and there's something and then there's a band playing and you know it's something is everywhere. It's like a carnival. It's like a circus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so my recommendation always is like, you know, sort of when you go over this, you know, sort of your goal should be that afterwards you can say, what was the best work you've seen? Not yeah. what's the best on the fair, but what's the best work? Yeah. And do you remember the name? And yeah. then it's kind of a success for your person. I mean, we both go on art fairs probably with a different view, but it's, that's something that you can actually achieve because art fairs can be very challenging. Well, it's, it's okay. So, um, I, my, one of my favorite things to do at art fairs, and this is just so, so silly, but I just love the fact, I love going and seeing the disdain of a gallery assistant if they know you're not going to buy something. <laughs> I get such a kick out of that because yeah. they're just so mean to you. Like, why are you wasting my time going into my booth? You know, I love that because it's just like, mm -hmm. oh, who cares? Um, I, I've been trying to figure this out recently, but... I wonder how museums can capture that social energy that an art fair has. And I don't know why museums, a lot of museums don't have that ability to create like an, a, a, a social event every couple months where people show up and just drink and don't even care about the art. Cause I, mm -hmm. I do, I, it's, it's weird how art fairs are able to do that, but museums struggle to get that sort of audience 
but somehow an art fair comes into town and it, an art fair is really just a, you know, it's for the ultra rich to buy stuff. I mean, it's not really for any, you know, really for anybody else, but like a museum's for, should be for everybody. And I don't know why they can't get that social part of it down, but I really wish some museums do a good job, but I, I don't understand that, that schism of, uh, between, art fair and museum that they just can't, you know, museums have, you know, they have such, they have wonderful people working there trying to get people to come in the doors. Like, well, we're really struggling. It's like, I don't know. Yeah, so why is that art fair that has really bad art in it getting so many people to show up? Um, bad, uh, you know, I shouldn't yeah, say yeah. bad, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, well, it's okay to say bad art, you know, so it's, yeah, it's, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. There's bad art. There's so much bad art. Oh, <laughs> There's yeah. bad art being sold to us as good art by people who have these academic degrees where they're trying to over explain. If you have to over explain it, mm -hmm. it, it's just, it's not like, I just want to feel it. You know, I want to feel it in my heart. I want to feel it in my, you know, in my gut when I see something really good. I don't need to be, I don't need a, a 25 page dissertation on, you know, mm -hmm. Cause you know, I just, sometimes I just get really frustrated on that. And I actually think that's why Juxpose does a nice job is because we don't do the dissertation. We actually talk mm -hmm. to the artist about like the, the stuff that, that really, that kind of more the gut and the heart stuff. So that's, if we can keep doing that for another 25 years, I'll be so happy. Yeah. But I mean, also, I mean, that's, that's a good thing if we're doing this for 25 years, it's also your, your, your have uh, with Juxtapose, you have, um, I don't really know how to say this. It is in English, but it's like it's uh, the, the the juxtapose is strong enough to actually place artists and art in a context, and um, and so yes, as a magazine, you will not show bad art and say this is bad art, but you don't also don't need the twenty five page dissertation to to approve something and to give it you know sort of a place in this in this world. I think it's. If if somebody has been written about in juxtapose that is important also for the career of this person, and I think if you achieve that, then you have a lot of responsibility, and right. and and you so so you don't take it easy and and lighthearted. And if you keep that in mind, I mean, you can do this the next twenty five years easily, you know. Yeah, and one of the things too, uh, the edit, you know, when I came in as managing editor in two thousand six, uh, the editor-in-chief Matt Ravelli, who also owned Upper Playground, he told me, he's like, look, it, and it's something very, very important for you to understand um, as you go through your art career, that especially during the magazine, like you might not like every piece of art that is that is in the magazine. Mm -hmm. But what you need to understand, what you need to get yourself to a point is how can you talk about that in a way, how can you talk about that art in a way that's more about its place in history as opposed to if you like it or not. And mm -hmm. that was a big turning point for me. Cause I, you know, when I was 24, it was like, I either hate it or I love it. You know, it was, I, it was so, I was so, you know, black and white. And he, he really, really was great at teaching me at a young age that, um, the, you'll be better at your job if you start, f um, finding ways to talk about art that maybe isn't your aesthetic, you know, your aesthetically your favorite. Um, and, um, I'm lucky now because as editor in chief, I kind of only get to interview the people that I, that I, that I really like, because I get to assign myself those things. Um, <laughs> but it, I do, you know, I like the idea of, I'm not going to like everything always, but I mm -hmm. like being able to read about it and understand where it's coming from and present it to people in a way of love and care 
um, even if it's not the scene that I'm from. So I, I thought that that was always a good bit of advice that I've tried to use all these years. Yeah, it's good advice. Yeah. yeah. All right, I've I've one uh, one last thing I want to, okay. yeah, to yeah, yeah. ask you um, in um, getting back to the current situation. Is there anything you would say you could you would recommend artists to these days? You know, like I don't know, just you know, sort of stay positive. Well, I I think it goes back to that artists can actually be teachers right now, and that I think they need to remember that not everybody that follows them or not everybody that uh, is interested in them knows how to make art or knows, mm -hmm. you know, how to do things <laughs> in the way that they do. And I think being teachers uh, and really instructing people on how to, how to be creative in a time that um, is demanding for it, I think is really um, important. Um, and I think, I hope it's the, you know, I think artists always reflect the times that we're in. So I think that's actually, if they're not feeling motivated to make work, maybe that's the, the, um, the, you know, the, the fingerprint that they have on this time is actually teaching people how to be creative and how to be, um, isolated with creativity. Um, I, I'm still kind of figuring out what, what the artwork is going to look like from this time, because an artist practice is so much, you know, done in isolation and by themselves that I, I don't know if we're going to have like, you know, COVID germs in the paintings or something or, or like, you know, very specific, um, you know, I guess, you know, characteristics of the the time. But I think this idea of where the, 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 the magazine cover we're going to do for summer is, uh, kind of a wink, wink, nod, nod to social distancing, but not in a way that's so obvious that it will feel, um, mm -hmm. like we're, like we're really pressing something. Um, it's just the artist that we're working with is, is really great. Um, when it comes to that kind of telling those, those stories. Um, but I, I just think like artists need to need to understand that they, they're the ones that we, we're going to look to. I mean, and I'm not talking about like, you know, I got really offended the other day about celebrities singing John Lennon's imagine on Instagram. It made me want to just like, I wanted to just run outside and scream. I hate stuff like that. I hate that. I hate when celebrities in their big mansions sit around and like sing some song that's magical and then they ruin it for all of us forever. <laughs> um, but artists, I actually think artists who create and make, I think this is a great, great time for them to get on podcasts, get, um, do some Instagram live stuff and show like what you do. If you feel comfortable with it, do, you know, let people know like what, how we can, you know, get through this and be creative and not, um, feeling kind of so stuck and you know alone uh so that's kind of my advice i guess to artists um now and you know just it's gonna it's gonna come back some at some point i hope i don't yeah, know it will. no it will yeah it will. yeah yeah i agree to everything you just said it's good um yeah. Evan, thanks thanks for thanks for taking the time and doing hey this thank you so me. much yeah it's great i never get interviewed <laughs> really Still, I mean, most yeah, so much to tell. I mean, seriously, I mean, well, it, I just feel like I end up being, I, I just, I always have to interview people. So it's kind of nice to actually talk. Oh, yeah, okay. It reminds me of the things that I, I don't know. It's just nice. It's nice to be reminded. I, I happy, I'm happy I could do this. <laughs> yeah, man. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Great. Have a nice afternoon. Yeah. 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 Evening. Um, stay Evening. safe. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You too. Well, thank you for listening today. I will be back with more talks shortly. 
If you have any questions for me or my guests, I'm happy to hear them all. Just send me a mail to hello at heliumtalk.com or a direct message on my Instagram at heliumcowboy. Stay safe and healthy and take good care of everyone around you. Hey,